In America, you can find history in places you might not think to look. 35 miles outside of Farmville, Virginia, a town filled with vast history of racial tensions and triumphs over discrimination, sits Baptist Union Baptist Church. The contributions made by some of the members of this church sit unknown to society and mainstream media. Baptist Union Baptist Church began a writing program for veterans to share their stories with the help of Professor Michael Lund, professor at Longwood University. This week's story is about Clyde Turner. Clyde Turner was unable to find a job in a racially divided world. And then he was told to join the military. He learned that this would be the best advice he ever received in his choice of serving God and country. This is Small Towns Big Stories. Narrated by Shannon Blunt with special guest Janice Johnson. Turner grew up in Richmond, the capital of Virginia. Clyde's mother died when he was just three years old, and his father passed soon after when he turned five. Clyde's older sister took care of him throughout his entire life. Clyde grew up during the Jim Crow era. In 1895, black people in Louisiana decided to test the constitutionality of the new laws. One segregation law required separate railroad cars for Negro passengers. Homer Plessy sat down in a car reserved for whites and was arrested. Because of the 14th Amendment and its Equal Protection Clause, Plessy never imagined the Supreme Court would rule against him. But it did. The court upheld his conviction in a decision which would shape race relations for half a century. In Plessy versus Ferguson, it ruled. The 14th Amendment could not have been intended to abolish distinctions based upon color or a commingling of the races. The Jim Crow era, named after an insulting song lyric regarding African Americans, lasted for about a hundred years from post-Civil War era until 1968. These laws segregated waiting rooms as well as water fountains, restrooms, building entrances, elevators, cemeteries, even amusement park cashier windows. The laws also forbid African Americans from living in white neighborhoods. Segregation was enforced in public schools, phone booths, hospitals, asylums, jails, and residential homes for the elderly and handicapped. These laws were meant to return southern states to an antebellum class structure by marginalizing black Americans. Black communities and individuals that attempted to defy Jim Crow laws often were met with violence and death. After high school, due to Jim Crow laws, it was difficult for Clyde to find a job. He bounced around from place to place trying to find a decent living. Clyde was still in search for a decent job when he entered a barber shop for a haircut. He explained his trouble in finding a decent paying job to his barber and was told to join the military. Because there were no jobs to be found, Clyde decided to join the Air Force. They took the blue from the skies and the pretty girl's eyes and a touch of old glory hue and gave it to the men who proudly wear the U.S. Air Force blue. The U.S. Air Force blue. Oh, they are men with a dream on America's team. They're a rugged and ready crew. And you can bet your boots the 
Yes, by these wings, you'll be known. You'll be recognized throughout the world as one of America's Knights of the Sky, an Air Force pilot. If you are single between 19 and 26 and a half, you can join this chosen few. You'll train as an aviation cadet and graduate a lieutenant, earning more than $5,000 a year. Win silver wings to a golden shirt. Fly with the aviation cadets. Making a trail in the sky. Riding the gale way up high. We fly the jets on the air. Clyde was excited at the opportunity to travel around the world. And in 1950, he was given orders to report to basic training at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. On the train ride to Texas, Clyde sat with a man and talked to him for a while to pass the time. Later, the conductor came and separated them because the man that Clyde had met was a white man, and in Texas they had laws about segregation on train cars. Disregarding the unpleasant experience on the train, Clyde and his new friend went to a sandwich shop upon exiting the train in order to get a good meal. However, when they entered the restaurant, no one would serve Clyde, so his friend ordered two sandwiches and they sat outside to eat together. During Clyde's second enlistment, he met his wife in Mount Vernon, New York. He and his new wife moved in with Clyde's older sister. At this point in Clyde's life, he wanted to start a career as a doctor, however had no money to go to school. So one night when he was walking home, he passed a recruiting station and he decided to go in. They told Clyde he could return to service and keep his same rank because he had not been out of service too long. His prior training qualified him as a medical technician and a superintendent. And through the military, he received an associate's degree as a nursing assistant. From there, he was stationed in Alaska and became the primary medic there, earning him the nickname Doc. Wherever American troops are engaged in combat, medical care is nearby. There are 15 aid men to an infantry battalion, one medic for every platoon. The work of the aid man is best told by Private Lubeck of the 7th Division. I'd like to let you people at home know what a terrific job the frontline medics and the army nurses are doing here for us boys. I know because I was a casualty myself. The frontline medics did everything possible in getting me back to the battalion aid station and to Wanju. From there, the army nurses did everything to comfort me all the way to Tokyo. Clyde recalls one of his hardest moments while being a medic was when he had two patients come to him after falling into a water tank. He wanted to check on them that night, but his CO told him no. He woke up at 8 a.m. with a strong urge to go check on them again, but when he asked, he was again told no. Later that day, when he finally was able to go in and check on them, they had both passed away. He sent them home in body bags later that day, and it was one of the hardest moments he's ever had to experience while serving in the military. Through his military experience, Clyde and his wife, who was a nurse as well, were able to travel to many exciting locations. While being stationed in places like the Philippines, Greenland, Japan, Delaware, California, and Washington, D.C. Clyde Turner is uh, he's a trustee emeritus of this church. He was on the trustee board here for a very long time. He, his last several years have been consumed with taking care of uh, his wife, uh, who's not in good health. I saw him just uh, last week, and uh, when I presented him with the eight copies of this book, uh, he and his wife, um, he was a medic. He said they called him Doc when he was in the, he was, I think, in the Air Force and, and the Army, uh, and he loved it. 
He really loved the military. And he, he will tell you right now, he misses it today. He misses the camaraderie of being in the military. Uh, he, they, the military, uh, he was in New York. His parents died and he went to live with his sister in New York and was in a barber shop talking to a guy and, you know, said, hey, you know, there's nothing around here for you. You should join the military. And he did. He spent some time in, met his wife, Mary. And then he, he got out and then he went back in. Uh, and, but he had the, the time to travel. He went to Camp Parks, California. Uh, he was in the Philippines. He was in all these places that if he hadn't joined the military, chances are slim and none that as a person from Buckingham County uh, that was didn't have a, an advanced degree, uh, that he wouldn't have gotten out and, and had those kind of experiences. His son is also, uh, from what I understand, is a physician uh, at, at the, I think, Fort Sam Houston, Texas, as I recall. Um, so there's a bit of a legacy, military legacy in that family. But Trustee Turner, he is a person who really made the best of his military experience. And he, I think he, he helped a lot of people join the military. He spoke so highly of it and he was able to show, you know, look what it did for me, look what it did for my family. And he, he recalls fondly driving from Dillon out to California in a station wagon. And it was a time when, you know, it's, it's not even that uh, safe to do now. So back in, in the day when he and his, his wife and young family went out, uh, it, was, it was definitely something uh, because there's some parts of the country where African-Americans were not welcome to, to stop. You know, there were, there were um, what do you call them, uh, sundown towns or, or some areas where, you know, you wouldn't want to be an African-American uh, after dark in some places. Uh, he recalls, uh, to me, but not necessarily in that book, uh, instances of, of, uh, of racism where he wasn't allowed to, uh, not allowed to obtain gasoline at service stations. You know, it was a little bit of a different time uh, in that regard. Ultimately, Clyde's favorite experience of being in the Air Force was all the traveling that he was able to do. And before he retired, he gained the title of Senior Master Sergeant and retired in 1994. Now he passed on his knowledge to his son, Clyde Jr., who is now an Army doctor in Texas. Clyde says that the most important thing he learned from being in the military was how to deal with other people. You shouldn't judge a person based on what they look like and where they come from. Because there is such a richness in various cultures. But when you take the time and you are allowed the opportunity to really get to know and talk and, and, and break bread with people, I find that people are far more alike than they are different. You know, broken, a broken heart is a broken heart, whether, you know, it's my broken heart or your broken heart or a Hispanic person's broken heart. You know, pain is pain. Is pain. I mean, this is, this is legacy information. You know, 25 years from now, someone's grandchildren or, or nieces or nephews or whatever can look back and hold this book or, you know, printed version uh, or electronic version and say, hey, you know, my grandfather, aunt, uncle, or whatever uh, was in this book. And here's the legacy of military service that our family had. And it's, a, it's important uh, because uh, they, they contributed to freedom uh, for this country. Next week, we will hear the compelling story of Laura Beast Bradley and hear about her journey of being a single mom and joining the military. This is Small Towns, Big Stories. Clyde Turner's full story can be found in the book Serving God and Country by Michael Lund, Professor Emeritus of English at Longwood University, based on the stories shared by the members of Baptist Union Baptist Church of their experience of serving God and country. 
These stories are a collaboration between Baptist Union Baptist Church, Veterans Recognition Ministry, and Home and Abroad, a writing program for military veterans and their families, produced by Shannon Blunt and narrated by Shannon Blunt, with special guest Janice Johnson. This is Small Towns, Big Stories. <laughs>